G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as I mentioned, a significant event coming up on the 14th of October, the National Prayer Breakfast to be held in the Great Hall at Parliament House in Canberra. This year, the guest speaker is going to be His Excellency, Retired General, the Governor General, the Honourable David Hurley. It's an annual prayer gathering supported by Christians of all denominations and Liberal Senator Amanda Stoker is joining us to reflect on something of the value of what the National Prayer Breakfast does for us as a nation. Senator Amanda Stoker, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Uh, Amanda, are you a part of the organisation committee? Are you a spokesperson for the National Prayer Breakfast? What's your role in all of this? I'm one of the co-chairs of the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship. So Luke Gosling, who is an MP from the Northern Territory on the Labor side, and I um, have responsibility for organising a range of activities that bring Christians together in the Parliament and that reach out to the community to uh, connect the work of Christians with the work of the Parliament so that we can, wherever possible, try and encourage the work that happens within the building to reflect um, godly principles, a faith and a foundation in in God's Word and uh, that we can try and uh, guide our colleagues and support our colleagues to uh, make laws and do their duty in a way that uh, honours him. Well, special honour to you, Amanda Stoker, because you're very vocal and very proud of your own Christian foundations, and you're not afraid to reflect your own Christian faith and uh, to hear for listeners, uh, knowing that you're a part of this uh, committee, in order to uh, to promote those sorts of ideals is just wonderful, because there is a sense, isn't there, that this National Prayer Breakfast, along with all of the other sorts of uh, uh, Christian connections that there are in the Parliament through the year, uh, what it does, I guess, it is something that reminds the leaders of our nation about their responsibilities before God. How do you reflect on that idea of uh, you have to have these regular gatherings to remind leaders? It's really easy in all of the hustle and bustle of uh, being in the parliament, I think, to get caught up in whatever's most pressing on that particular day. And having uh, the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship and um, the, the good influence that comes from stopping from time to time and resetting and reminding ourselves why we're here and what really matters can help, I think, to foster good judgment and encourage people to approach their duty with a sense of um, balance and responsibility and I hope it helps people to conduct themselves in a way that aspires to greater civility and and greater understanding and we're we're all human beings and we're all imperfect. Um, I'm sure we don't always get it right but I think if there are regular reminders to to reach for um, the example that is set by God and that is set by the Christian community, 
um, then we are certainly going to do a lot better than we would have without it. Interesting, isn't it, that when you do have uh, parliamentarians who hold a Christian faith, doesn't mean they all come from the one brand. In fact, there's uh, no doubt a big diversity of where people are coming from, what has shaped parliamentarians. So when you actually try to get everyone on the same page, it's not like you have a big long list of rules, a big long list of Christian doctrines that everybody has to agree to. You've got to really boil things down to something of a common denominator, haven't you? Uh, The idea that, you know, when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, Those are the sorts of things I imagine you've got to unite around. Often the case that we are able to work on particular policy issues in a way that is across party lines. And I'll give you an example. Only a week or two ago, um, with the help of um, some great theologians in the sort of Greater Canberra area, we held a seminar on religious literacy here in the Parliament. And it was all about helping people to understand, particularly in the context of a lot of really hot button issues that have happened in the last few years, whether that's same-sex marriage, whether that's um, the rights of schools, whether that's the religious freedom um, and religious discrimination bill that's been put forward. When we look at all of those things, there's, at least on one half of the public argument, this sense that religious people, Christian people, just want to impose their faith on other people. And our seminar was all about helping people to understand that that's precisely the opposite of what Christians want to do, because... An understanding of Christian theology shows us that God wants us to come to him voluntarily. And so if, if one were to try and impose religion through the state, putting aside for a moment the fact that you couldn't do that constitutionally, it wouldn't fit the theology anyway. And so helping people to open their minds a little bit to what motivates the actions of Christians in our communities, we hope, will foster a greater understanding across the entirety of the political spectrum when it comes to these really contentious issues. We're trying to help people who see the world very differently understand each other a little bit better so that we can try and find constructive ways to work through what can otherwise be really divisive issues. Uh, That little survey you did, religious literacy in the parliament, and no doubt there's been a fair bit of analysis around that. Uh, Do you know just perhaps a general impression of how parliamentarians fared in that? Did they fare uh, on the side, as you're saying, uh, perhaps uh, misinterpreting what the Christian uh, ethic is trying to achieve, or uh, how do you think things did work out? Uh, were they particularly religiously literate, or did it really show some glaring need there for for actually having a deeper understanding of what a perhaps a Christian uh, motivation might be? I think there was a real need. There is a, um, a a committed and I think quite literate group in the parliament, but that's not the majority, and. Um, I think you'd expect broadly there to be an understanding of, you know, the Ten Commandments and the Apostles' Creed and, and a lot of those sort of basic and almost almost ritualised kind of um, aspects of the belief. But um, I don't know that there's been the level of deep reflection, even among people who might think of themselves as, as broadly Christian. And that, I think, manifests in... Um, the relatively shallow way some of these debates are conducted. What we hoped we'd be able to do, though, is get people who are almost hostile to the role of um, 
religion and faith in motivating people's behaviour and help to shift some of those deep-seated hostilities so that there can be a little bit of uh, a meeting of minds somewhere a little bit um, closer to one another. There's a certain division in the parliament that um, I guess reflects the division in our wider community on these issues. There are parts of our community and parts of our parliament that are very anti-religion and they are almost doctrinaire in their secularism, if that makes sense. They would rather squeeze all all references and and all traces of faith from the public square than um, accommodate and live, live a little bit. And if we can help people who feel that way to understand that there's actually nothing oppressive about allowing people of faith to coexist in the public square, then we will achieve something really exciting. Well, certainly the public narrative in what is described as uh, left-wing media is that uh, it is very polarising and that Christians are trying to impose their will on the nation. So uh, I guess for people who are listening to our conversation today, because not everyone's going to be able to get to the National Prayer Breakfast, but for those who might be thinking about how they might pray for our politicians, as you say, there are a smaller number of people who are very passionate about their faith. And so the responsibility on your shoulders, uh, Senator Amanda Stoker, is to actually present a right way of thinking about what the Christian motivation might be in having an influence on the society. So for listeners who are thinking about praying for politicians, there's one area there to pray for wonderful inspiration and wisdom for those Christian politicians who are recognising just how important the Australian National Prayer Breakfast is uh, for helping to communicate what it is that Christians try to do in a nation and therefore in the parliament. Uh, Amanda Stoker, while we talk about this, let me just say how do people get a a ticket to go along to that because I imagine the public can go to the National Prayer Breakfast. Absolutely. Uh, uh, The the website that people can go to to find out is the City Bible Forum website. Uh, Good partnership there with the City Bible Forum. Yeah, they do wonderful work in supporting this event and and helping with the organisation. So a big shout out to the City Bible Forum for all of their work and and Leon from the City Bible Forum has been an enormous help. Um, If anybody would like to get a ticket, um, the the date is Monday the 14th of October and it'll be from 6.30am in the Great Hall of Parliament House in Canberra. So it is a really special place for us to gather, really in the heart of the Parliament. And at citybibleforum.org, you can buy a ticket or you can go to www.nationalprayerbreakfast.org. Either of those will help you um, get a ticket. Now, I know for a lot of people, it's a big journey to get to Canberra to be a part of it. If you are able to find your way here for that occasion, you can buy your tickets online, come in on the day and really just um, enjoy the, the company and communion of... Um, other people of like mind, but from all different denominations from across the country. And we will have a few special moments. We have the Prime Minister who will be attending and he will lead us in prayer and also launch a book called Amen, which is a history of prayer in Parliament. It's been prepared by the Australian Catholic University and um, that'll be a wonderful opportunity. We also have, as you've mentioned, the Governor-General, His Excellency uh, David Hurley, Um, speaking as our keynote address, which will be wonderful. He'll be joined by his wife, Her Excellency Mrs Linda Hurley, 
So that will be great, but we will have wonderful attendance from um, many parliamentarians that we spread across the room, accessible to everybody for um, for small or large prayer. Um, that's one of the really lovely things about it. We will we'll pray together as a room, but we can also do it, um, you know, one-on-one and, and with our tables. The, the opportunity, though, that exists for those who can't make it um, is, is just as great. And anything that your listeners might be willing to do in their prayers to support the people who work down here to um, behave with civility and grace, to be kind and gentle to one another, even as they do difficult work, um, because sometimes I think that um, this place would work better if there was a bit more of a recognition of the humanity in one another. You remind us... You remind us of some pretty important things here, uh, Senator Amanda Stoker, and uh, while you say nationalprayerbreakfast.org, citybibleforum.org, get a ticket, uh, there'll be some people, no doubt, uh, from fairly remote places in Australia thinking right now, I wonder whether I could get a ticket and be a part of that National Prayer Breakfast to see the Prime Minister to uh, launch a book on uh, the uh, history of prayer in the Parliament uh, or to hear the Governor-General. And as you're reflecting on those things, I can't help but reflect also on the fact that we do have a Christian Prime Minister in Australia, that the Governor-General is a Christian, that you yourself, Amanda Stoker, seen as uh, one of those rising conservative uh, leaders uh, on the conservative side in the Liberal Party and uh, a great leader for the future, undoubtedly. Uh, there is a, a good thing that we can reflect on there, that God has got some particularly talented and faith-filled people in positions at the moment that are very influential, despite the fact that there are so many controversies being battled and debated. Uh, what are your thoughts on on just the fact the way that the Parliament looks, the way that Australian leadership is at the present time? Look, I think it shows that in all things, God got this, right? <laughs> he always does. But that doesn't mean we don't do our work and it doesn't mean that we don't, um, you know, pull our share of the weight. But um, he's giving us the tools that we need to navigate the difficult challenges ahead and in giving us a Prime Minister who um, understands the important role of faith in the lives of Australians and the benefits that come even to non-religious people of us being a nation that is founded in Christian principles and beliefs. That is a huge advantage for our nation. And um, anything that your listeners are prepared to do to support uh, the work of the Prime Minister and, and his team and indeed the opposition in prayer is time really well spent um, because all of the wisdom that um, can be summoned is needed to help prepare our country for the difficult challenges that present both at home and as we interact with the rest of the world. And um, we are just humans. We uh, are doing the best we can with the time and the intellect we've got. But if we have um, the, the support of the prayers of Australians behind us and we've got the support of God behind us, well then, um, as we know, nothing is closed. Uh, nothing happened in a stronger way, I think, uh, in the lead-up to the last election than the motivation for Christians around Australia to pray. Uh, there was a major movement of prayer, and we would hope 
that that prayer movement is continuing. And, of course, things like the National Prayer Breakfast, another motivation for us because it's not just our parliamentarians who are meeting to have a prayer breakfast. They're meeting on behalf of all Australians for a prayer breakfast. Let me give those websites once again for listeners who might like to go along and be a part of the National Prayer Breakfast. It's in Canberra. It's going to be in the Great Hall at Parliament House, 14th of October. Here's where you get your tickets. You can simply Google National Prayer Breakfast or go to the site nationalprayerbreakfast.org or citybibleforum.org. Senator Amanda Stoker, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and uh, give us some uh, inspiration about what's going on. I appreciate your being with us today on 2020. Thank you so much. And can I thank um, all of your listeners and indeed you, Neil, for... Um, supporting our parliamentarians as we go about, as best we can, uh, the service of the Australian people. Thank you so much for encouraging and helping us with that. Uh, We will talk another day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.